I just went to open my notes and instead I opened up a picture of Felix's nipples. <laughs> Perfect. Mm -hmm. Just for clarification, if this is anyone's first foray into the podcast, Felix is the cat. Yes, Felix is always the cat and not like the cartoon cat, like, you know, my Your cat. cat. The cat in my yes. life, besides, you know, Marcia. So how are you? Doing pretty good. A little bummed, because Halloween's yeah. over. Yeah, same. But we had a really fun live stream. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I mean, I got spooked a few times, and that was not as enjoyable. But other than that, yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. We're going to try to work on some way that people can see the live stream afterwards. So cross your fingers. We're working on it. Fingers um, are crossed. But now we're back to regularly scheduled programming. Tuesdays. Hello, Tuesday. Hello, Tuesday. We're recording this before Tuesday. This could be the end of Always. the world. We don't know. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, today, <laughs> today the world might be ending. Either way. It's a day of reckoning. I was going to say, either way, the United States is probably going to burn tonight. <laughs> like. Yeah. We talked about this. I want to try uh, to not talk about it because... Oh, I didn't mean you. I'm sorry. I meant Michael and I talked about it because we were like, hmm, why is DC boarding up their windows? Could it be that they think that... So we have a half gla ha glass half full person here and a half a glass half empty person here. So one of us was like, oh, it's because they know Trump's going to win and that the everybody else is going to riot. And so then... The glass half full person was like, no, it's because Biden's going to win and the Trump supporters are going to riot. Obviously, I am the glass half empty person here because, I mean, you know what? It's better either to way, be pleasantly surprised than either disappointed. Way, shit's going down. Yeah. Either way, we're locking our doors. Walmart has stopped selling guns. Do you know what it takes for Walmart to stop selling guns? Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, that's that's just the end of times. That's it. Yeah. All right. We're moving off of it. Uh, thank yes. you for everyone that joined us for our live stream. We had a super fun time and uh, you're all awesome. And it was so much fun. We're probably going to do more in the future. So yeah. keep a lookout for that. In the meantime, what are we talking about today? So we are talking about the murder of Kathy Page. And this is the true story behind a movie you may have heard of called The Three Billboards Outside of Ebbing, Missouri. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Fixed it. Done. Okay. I think I've only heard about it because didn't it, it wasn't up for like a bunch of Oscars at one point, like the year it came out. I think that's the only uh, relationship I have with this movie. Yeah, it it was nominated for a bunch of Oscars, and we'll get into that because it was nominated for seven Oscars. Ooh, um, I knew, and there were there was some stuff with the Oscars too that was kind of like, isn't oh, there always? Ho, ho, ho. I mean, yes, but it wasn't a case of, or was this the year? No, it wasn't the year that La La Land didn't win. Um, this was the year after, but still, still, yeah, All pretty right. pretty crazy, pretty pretty. Tell me Crazy. about it. All righty then. So 
hopping right into it. Kathy Page. Um, she was born Kathy Fulton on January 8th, 1957, to parents Dorothy and James Fulton. And she was raised in the small town of Vidor, Texas, which had a has a population of 11,000 people. Wow. Okay. That, yep, that is it. And in November 1981, she married Steve Page, who was an insurance salesman from a wealthy family who, from what I gathered from my research, he was seen as kind of like a hometown hero for Vidor. Oh, okay. Yeah. And so then they went on to have two daughters, Erin and Monica. Mm-hmm. And the family settled in Vidor, where Kathy worked as a waitress. So according to Erin, her mom had always been kind of a crafty girl Fun. and wanted to be an inventor. And she said that Kathy would often watch commercials and be like, oh, I had that idea. Like, yeah, just, yeah. Like the stereotypical, like my mom did that. I, 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 I'm pretty sure everybody's, yeah, I'm pretty sure everybody's mom did that. Um, Cause that was, that was the way it was. That was the fun part. So Kathy would also buy items at craft shows and then figure out how to recreate them basically. Okay. Um, and an example of this is she remade a heart-shaped jewelry display one year, and her daughter Erin still has it today. Oh, wow. Yeah. So in 1991, um, Kathy had reached a turning point in her life. Her girls were a little bit older. older. They were about 7 and 11 years old. Um, and she finally made a big decision to divorce her husband, Steve. Um, and he obliged. He moved out of the house and into a condo soon after. And Steve later said that he and Kathy had drifted apart and that she was no longer happy, saying, quote, mainly she was uncomfortable with who she was, or at least that was what she explained to me, that she didn't know who she was. She wanted to try to find out who Kathy was. Because of that, we talked about separating for a short period of time and allowing her to hopefully find herself, end quote. However... Mm. Sherry's or, or Sherry's Kathy's sister Sherry Valentine um, later said quote Kathy was definitely moving on in her life at that point because a decision was made for the divorce and that in itself having a decision like that finally be resolved in itself was a real relief off her back and she was making plans for that end quote mm-hmm so it was not so much a temporary thing like Steve was saying it was. It was more a, yeah, we're done here. Yeah. Um, so on May 13th, 1991, Kathy asked Steve to watch her daughters while she went out with a friend. So he came over, they went to Walmart, and they picked up a couple things so that she could watch, they could wash her car. Um, he p- took the girls to go play basketball and then brought them home and Steve later said, quote, um, Kathy said she was going to meet one of her girlfriends after work. And so I went over there. She left at approximately, blah. <laughs> she left at approximately 1115 to 1130 to head to Beaumont to meet her friend. Charlotte was the friend's name, end quote. Isn't Beaumont that. the town that you can't dance in and uh, put loose? I don't know. Wait, do you mean? I, Beaumont, do you Texas. Mean, I know, but I'm saying, do you mean in the movie or in real life? It's in the movie, but I'm pretty sure it's a 
like it i mean it's obviously a real life town i don't know if it was based on like a real life thing but i think it was based on a real life thing i think i think that was that's there was true no dancing because of yes things so 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 they went to beaumont but they weren't going to go dancing they weren't going to go dancing okay and beaumont i just did a quick google search and i can't confirm whether or not it's a town in texas i mean it is a town in texas yes but i can't confirm whether that's the same town but it is spelled differently but i don't know whether it's based on that town oh got it got it okay all right the one in footloose for what it's worth is b-o-m-o-n-t and this one is b-e-a-u-m-o-n-t yeah so two kinds of bow. But yeah. So at 4.15 a.m. on May 14, 1991, Kathy was found by a paperboy dead in her black mercury, mercury tracer after what appeared to be a car accident just 100 yards from her home. She was 34 years old. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. But authorities quickly realized that her death was no accident. Ooh. So according to the Texas Department of Public Safety, her car was nosed down in a ditch 100 yards from her house in an attempt to make it appear that she had been in an accident. However, an investigation determined that Kathy had been strangled and she had a black eye and her nose was broken. Blood yeah, strangulation does not happen in a car accident. Nah. Unless something nah. really bad happens with the, the seatbelt, but I don't even think that is... Okay, all right, all right. You're I'm holding, point, I'm she's pointing. holding up the finger. I'm like, wait for it. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so, I'm trying to figure out if I should mention that now. I'll wait, I'll wait. So, blood stains were found on her underwear and on her skin, um, but there was no there was no blood. There was nothing on her outer clothing. Um, she also wasn't wearing any makeup or any jewelry, despite the fact that she was supposedly going out with a friend. Okay. Like, you know, like you go out with your girls and it's like, oh, like, let's be get all, all dressed up. Let's get some fries for the table. Um, also, the car itself had pretty much suffered little to no damage. Um, this included there were there was an open soda can in the cup holder that did not even spill from the impact. Again, this mm. car was nose first in a ditch. Yeah. But if that wasn't evidence enough of foul play... Police also determined that Kathy's body had been placed in the car after she had been killed. Huh. Mm-hmm. Okay. V- Vidor Detective Sergeant Ray Mosley later told the UK media outlet Express, quote, Kathy was not killed in her vehicle. She was killed at another location, cleaned up, redressed, and placed back in her vehicle after the vehicle had been rolled into the ditch, end quote. Furthermore, Kathy's feet had been pushed back against the seat rather than they, them being stretched out towards the pedals uh-huh. of the car. Um, and she wasn't wearing a seatbelt. Okay. So that would have explained any strangulation. But also, despite not wearing a seatbelt, her body was pressed firmly back against her seat. Like, you know how with the impact, your body would naturally go forward. And she was not leaning forward. She wasn't leaning on the horn or anything. She was leaned back despite yeah. the car being nose down. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Mosley later said, quote, being no damage to the interior of the vehicle, just to the exterior of the vehicle and the deepness of the ditch, plain to see this was a staged accident instead of an accident. So at that point, they thought they had probably a questionable death, end quote. Yeah, it seems like it was questionable from, like, just a, a quick glance. 
Mm-hmm. Like, whoever staged this seems like uh, a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's. I'm willing to. I'm willing to go with that one. Yeah, like it's clear that she did not die in a car accident. So, like, right. I, I don't understand. Nope, me neither. Um, so, despite it being evidence of a homicide, no arrests were made in Kathy's death. Uh, Rod Carroll, who is Vitor's fifth police chief since Kathy's murder, later told People Magazine that the case is still open. And they've always had a person of interest, though he didn't name that person. But like that they that even though the case was technically cold, he was like, we're it's still open. Okay. Uh, Carol also characterized Kathy's murder as likely, quote, a crime of passion, end mm-hmm. quote. However, immediately following her murder, Kathy's family could think of <clears throat> one person who would be capable of committing a crime of passion, and that would be her estranged husband, Steve. Isn't it always? It's always the husband. It's always the estranged husband. It is. And I, and the funny thing is, I actually, while I was researching this, I said to Michael, I was like, hey, don't kill me. You're not going to get away with it. If this, if like, spoiler alert, like, I don't know whether or not Steve gets away with it. But I, I just, I was like, don't do it. You'll get, you'll, you won't get away with it. He was like, sure, I will. No one's going to look for you. I was like, excuse me. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, I'm not getting life insurance. So there's nothing to kill me for. Yeah, well, I used to have life insurance. I don't anymore, so he missed an opportunity. Having life insurance is almost assuredly going to get you murdered. Yeah, yeah. But it's so many companies give it to you, like, for free now. Like a $50,000 life insurance policy, $75,000 policy. So no. it's like, I mean... I don't I, want that, that price on know. my head. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm like, what are I you trying trust to do to me here? Yeah. But yeah, so Michael said no one would come looking for me. So if anybody can provide me with an alibi on a certain day, Michael's going to take a trip. Yeah. Not going to say where. Going to play dumb, but taking a trip. Somewhere. Um, and joke's on him because my mother probably already has a detective following me. Um, but so, Ka- so Kathy's family knew that she was d- like in the process of divorcing her husband. Uh-huh. And they also knew that Steve allegedly did not take it well, despite mm-hmm. the fact that he was like, oh, it's just it's a temporary mutual. thing. So she yeah. can find herself. No, he never said it was mutual. That's oh, the thing. Okay. He was always like, nope, I'm going to just wait until she finds herself and gets what she wants. And then we'll be back together and it'll be fine and everything will be normal. Let a woman be herself. You don't right? need her to define who you are. Thank you. So... Steve, um, I mean, Kathy also had a new boyfriend, Tom, as further evidence that she was done with her relationship with her husband. Yep. And police later discovered that Kathy had never gone to meet with a friend named Charlotte on the night that she was killed, but had actually spent the evening in a motel in Beaumont, Texas with Tom. Ooh. Yeah, they met for drinks, but... Uh, Tom actually immediately went to the police station after he found out Kathy had been killed, and agreed to a polygraph test, which he passed with flying colors immediately. Uh-huh. And he also gave a statement during which he confirmed they had had sex that night. Yeah, so he can't be accused of anything. Oh, no, Tom's as not being, being accused of anything. Yeah, as being the last person that saw her, and, like, she lied about where she was to see him, and, like... Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, I, oh, 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 honey. Oh, honey. I mean, I would, I would, oh. get, I would try to get ahead of that too if I was him. Well, I mean, yeah, but also, 
Oh, you shall see. You okay. shall see. There, there will be something seen. Don't worry. So in Kathy's autopsy report, it was stated that there was evidence that she had had sex before she died. Just like Tom said. Uh-huh. But the report stated that there was no evidence of sperm, meaning that whoever Kathy had slept with had had a vasectomy. Okay. Tom did not have a vasectomy. Mm. But Steve had just gotten one a few months earlier. Okay, okay, okay. So then the cops went back to Steve, and Steve <laughs> admitted that they had had sex. He said he had sex with Kathy the night she died, right before she went out to go meet with her boyfriend, though he didn't know it was her boyfriend at the time. He yeah, said. he thought it was just a friend. Yes, and he said, quote, she was getting ready. She just got out of the shower. I approached her about sex, and we had sex before she left, before she got dressed even, end quote. Hmm. However, Sherry believes the sex was definitely not consensual and firmly believes that Kathy had been raped by Steve, mm. um, saying, quote, I personally don't believe that that happened. She wouldn't have been with Steve before being with another man. She hadn't been with Steve in a long time. He was already sleeping on the couch. Him moving, him coming over to take care of the kids was more of a kindness gesture for him to be around his kids, not for him to be around Kathy, end quote. Yeah. Just because you're, you're there to be with your kids does not mean she wants to be with you again. Right. It's like you and your kids have a separate relationship than we do. And if you want to keep your relationship with your kids, you go ahead and do that. But I'm my own person and leave me the fuck alone. Yes. She is a badass lady inventor. Yes. Um, but also, I think I should point out, I, I, don't, I don't have this in my notes anywhere, but I would like to point this out. Um, Steve has gone on record many times just straight up saying Sherry is crazy. That he's like that she's off her rocker, that she's insane, that she like never liked him from the beginning and has it in for him. Huh, I wonder why. Yeah, I know. I know. And and her other sister, Kathy's other sister, actually had said it in some interview. She was like, initially, like, we all really liked Steve. And Sherry was like, Nope, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> Minute um, one, hated him. Yeah, yeah, literally. Um, because he was this very like what's the word that I'm looking for? Enigmatic person. And, you know, and he's rich and he's the hometown hero and all that other stuff. And he's a salesman. So he's already got that like magnetic personality yeah. that salesmen need to have. And so he kind of had like reeled everybody in. But Sherry was like kind of she wasn't so quick to like fall for it, basically. Uh-huh. Um. So even the Vidor police were at first suspicious when they broke the news of Kathy's death to Steve. Mosley said, quote, he said, well, his wife was not home and directly looked straight down the street towards where the car was. He began to cry and at times threw himself on the couch crying, but he would jump right back up and there would be no sign of tears in his eyes. This seemed strange to me, end quote. Yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, yeah, everyone I grieves in their own way, but it's a little weird. Yeah. Well, and I also would like to point out, so Mosley says, like, he looked right down the street towards where the car was. They didn't tell him where the car had crashed. Yeah. It's not like he could see. It was 100 yards from the house. So he couldn't quite well see the accident. Yeah. But he was so, looking in the general direction of it. But he looked down the street in that direction. Okay. So, yeah. 
Witnesses also revealed later that Steve was seen washing clothes shortly after the police arrived to inform him of Kathy's death and that he quickly rented a machine to shampoo the carpet, which he said was because he had spilled grease. That doesn't seem like a top priority when you find out that your estranged wife is dead. No. Exactly. It seems like a, a later time activity. Yeah. And if I know men, I know they're not chomping at the bit to uh, wash some stuff or do a deep cleaning day. I was I was about to say, because it's not just men. Like, I am lazy. <laughs> I, I yeah. on a good day, am not going to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to do some laundry. Do you think I'm like rent something to scrub out the carpets? Yeah. Do you know how much motivation it would take me to do that? The death yeah. of somebody close to me is not no. that kind of motivation. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, but also, Steve kicked flowers off of Kathy's grave. He had been repeatedly charged with desecrating her grave, and he Ew. admitted to doing it, too. Ew. Um, he said that it was because the flowers were, quote, oh, so cheap, end quote. And oh that... Yeah, I know. And he also said that, quote, they were plastic. They weren't even real flowers. Plastic, cheap flowers they, the Fultons, put up there just for this incident. And they got what they wanted. They baited me into it and I fell, hook, line, and sinker, end quote. You could just leave it alone. You You could just not do anything. And also, why are you, like, he constantly thinks that they're trying to, like, bait him, catch him, whatever. Why do you think this? Yeah, and then if you know that they're trying to do that, why don't you just leave it? Like, yeah. leave it alone. Don't take the bait. Like, be the don't bigger person. It. Yes, yes. Um, but no. It was also semi-common knowledge, though, that Steve was controlling and had mentally and physically abused Kathy while they were together. Neighbors said they frequently heard loud arguments and banging on the walls coming from the page home. Jim Fulton, Kathy's brother, told Inside Edition, quote, I said, Steve, did you kill my sister? He said, Jim, I would never have harmed your sister. I loved her, end quote. Hmm. Okay. And Steve has been, not just to Jim, very vocal about his love for Kathy. Um, and also vocal about his lack of involvement in her death. Mm-hmm. Um. For example, he said, quote, the reason it comes down on me is because I'm the husband. I'm the estranged husband to make it even worse. And because of her actions, I am being blamed for her actions. She was out seeing another guy, so therefore it could only have been me. I must have found out somehow, according to police, and become enraged and became enraged and committed murder, end quote. It sounds, gonna... it sounds exactly right. Well, here's the thing. Also, like, the police never said anything in the, the research that I found also, again, he has never been arrested. Okay. There have been no arrests made. Um, he never, like, the police in all of this never said once that, like, oh, he had become enraged. He must have been enraged. Nowhere did the police use the word enraged or yeah. mad or angry or furious or livid or anything from the fucking thesaurus. So, yeah. So, Steve has continued claiming he's innocent. Um, even claiming he believed that the true people behind the murder were what he calls the Beaumont Mafia and that he received threatening phone calls from them after Kathy died saying the same thing would happen to him. But even despite all of this, Kathy's family is convinced he is her killer to this day. Uh huh. Um, her sister, Diane Daigle, told Inside Edition, quote, I don't think he meant to ever kill her. 
I really don't think that. It went totally out of his control. He snapped, end quote. The family believes that Steve murdered Kathy after discovering two phone numbers on a pad at Kathy's house. One was for the motel in Beaumont. Mm-hmm. And the other was for her friend, Charlotte. Okay. Who she was not seeing. So how did he have the name of this girl, Charlotte? Hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sherry later said, quote, I was talking to a sister-in-law of Steve's, and she said that she knew for a fact that Steve made two phone calls. Steve called this one number, and the girl answered, and he hung up. And then the second phone number was called, and they said the name of the hotel, and he hung up. And so he already knew where she might be or was, end quote. So then James Fulton, Kathy's father, said, quote, I feel like she came in that night and came back out came... I'm sorry. There's a typo here and I got really confused. Um, <laughs> quote, I feel like she came in that night and came in the back door after she done parked the car and he was asleep, sitting in the chair in the front room. And when she went on in the bathroom and changed clothes, took her makeup off, took her jewelry off and all off. And he heard her probably in the bathroom and he got up and demanded sex with her or whatever. And they got in a fight, end quote. So Sherry then concluded the family's theory, saying, quote, then Steve realized what had happened. He wants to redress her. If you look at the violent crime profile, it fits him to a T. The remorse, you want to redress. You don't want them to be found naked or bloody. So there was an attempt to clean her up and redress her. But things were forgotten. For instance, her jewelry and her socks. Uh-huh. End quote. All of which makes sense. Um, I mean, yes, also she could have left her socks and her jewelry at the motel where she was with Tom. But the makeup thing is really strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she could have showered after having sex, but even then, like, do you just bring makeup remover with you everywhere? Like, ladies. Yeah. Ladies, we all know that if we just jump in the shower with our makeup on, we look like the matchmaker from Mulan very easily. And you're trying to look hot for this new boy. Yeah, right? So, fed up with the lack of progress on the investigation into their daughter's murder... Kathy's parents, Diane and James, rented a few billboards along I-10 that accused Steve of murdering Kathy and claimed the Veter police had taken bribes instead of working to catch the killer, according to the Beaumont Enterprise. Mm. So one of the billboards read, quote, Steve Page brutally murdered his wife in 1991. Um, Vidor PD does not want to solve this case. I believe they took a bribe. The attorney general should investigate. So that's one of them. Okay. And according to the Enterprise, others read, quote, Vidor police botched up the case, end quote. Quote, waiting for confession, end quote. And, quote, this could happen to you, exclamation point, end quote. Oh. Mm-hmm. And according to the Express, another one read, quote, I believe my daughter was being raped when she was strangled to death in 1991. The Vidor police department would not accept outside help and the case has never been solved. I believe the police did not want to solve this case. Will you be the next unsolved murder? End quote. Oh, jeez. Yeah, okay. and they cha- they switch these up periodically. Like, it's not just like, it, it's a few billboards, but they change the messages and whatnot. Yeah. Um, and according to the Express, James has spent over $200,000 on the billboard, uh, on the billboards, excuse me, uh-huh. and on a federal court case after, and all of this is since his daughter's death. Um, when the police let the case go cold, the Fultons filed a civil lawsuit against Steve, 
and he was unanimously found guilty and ordered to pay twenty six no two hundred sixty one thousand seven hundred eighty dollars and eighty two cents in damages in nineteen ninety one. Wow. I mean nineteen ninety nine. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. Um. The family also takes out a weekly ad in the local Vita Courier paper. One recent ad, for example, read, quote, Kathy Page, born January 8th, 1957, strangled May 14th, 1991, and still no criminal trial, end quote. They still do it? They, oh, there's, they're not stopping. Oh, they're geez. still doing it. Yes. This has been since, I believe, 1993. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, so despite this, Steve has still always maintained his innocence, telling the Express, quote, so... This I find funny, and you'll figure out why by the end of this. Quote, Of course I did not kill my wife. The evidence clearly shows that the perpetrator was someone other than Steve Page. End quote. Steve, okay. why are you talking like Oprah? Why are you speaking about yourself in the third person, yeah. Steve? <laughs> like, this guy's fucking weird. Yeah. Like um, if you're speaking in the third person, please stop unless you're Oprah. Like, that's just, it's a rule of thumb. Only yeah. Oprah can speak in the third person and not have it be weird. Yeah. But yeah. Um, and him saying this, yeah, that's all well and good. However, the evidence doesn't clearly show that it was not Steve Page. For example, the autopsy report determined that the perpetrator who strangled Kathy was left-handed. You know who else is left-handed? Let me guess. It was Steve? Yeah. Steve, the guy who didn't even want Kathy to be autopsied in the first place. See, that's weird, too. Wouldn't you want her to be autopsied to clear your name? Or, you know, to find out what happened to the woman you claim to love so much and are planning to get back together with? Yeah. Like, if the, the mother police are going, children? something weird is happening, wouldn't you want to know, all right, do a test and let's find out what's going on? Yeah. Yeah. You're making so, yourself seem more suspicious, dude. Oh, it, really, though. Um, the Vitor police also told Inside Edition that they have a person of interest. And they'll identify the individual at the time that they are charged with a crime. Carol also said, quote, we've always had our person of interest. I can't go into the details, what we determined to be the truth versus rumor. I understand the family's frustration. I will be quite honest with you. I believe every victim cries for justice, end quote. Hmm. Wait. So, as I implied at the beginning of this... A movie loosely based on the case, titled Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, came out in 2017. And I say loosely because, like, the main plot, girl is raped and murdered, parent puts up billboards. That's, yeah. the, that's, that's it. That's the plot. That's, that's yeah. the plot. That's the crime. That's it. Um, but yeah, so about 20 years ago, writer, director, and producer Martin McDonough, who also wrote and directed the 2008 film In Bruges, and also wrote, directed, and produced the 2012 film Seven Psychopaths. Um, he was traveling through Texas on a Greyhound bus and saw the billboards while they were driving past and was immediately interested in the story. Yeah. Uh, he later said to the Express that he didn't remember exactly where he saw the billboards, just that it was a southern state in the U.S. Um, he at one point was like, maybe in like the Alabama, Georgia area. And everybody was like, like, everybody in Kathy's family was like, as far as we know, we're the only people that have put out billboards being like, our sister slash daughter yeah. has been murdered. So, and also you went through Texas on this trip. So, 
Texas um, is a big state. Sometimes yeah. you lose time. Yeah. I, I, when we drove through it, we sure as fuck did. It, I, I swear to God, I think I saw the same cow 35 times. Probably. I really do. I think just it was the same it. one. <laughs> yeah. Yes. You're just driving in circles. <laughs> yes. Oh, God. There, there, were some, there were some things I saw in Texas, let me tell you, like the death threats to Obama on billboards. Those are some Ooh. billboards I would have loved to have not seen. I would much have rather seen not cute. the Fulton's billboards. Yes. Um, like... I don't know what area of Texas we were in, but I am glad we did not stop. No offense to anybody from Texas who was listening, but I was just personally, I was feeling a little unsafe. We have listeners from Texas. We have some great listeners from Texas. Autumn is amazing. Yes. Yes. But I'm just saying in that, I don't know where in Texas that was even, but I was like, I don't want to pee. I don't want to do anything because I feel like they can smell the liberal on me and I don't want it. There's a a section of uh, Montana kind of by where my sister lives that has... uh, um, like giant billboards of like the Ten Commandments, what? like huge, and like they're like a million religious billboards. I'm like, wow, okay, this is aggressive. Yeah, I mean, and but like that, I will say because they've got those in Connecticut. But I mean, at least like these were active death threats to Obama, <laughs> like like straight up, like we will kill you, Barack wow. Obama billboards. Yes, yes, too much. Too yeah, much. It, it was a little bit too moss, and I was like. Urgh. So, yeah, we didn't pull over during that area of Texas. Right. But I digress. Um, so he said that he wasn't quite sure, but that the concept had left such a lasting impression on him. And he said, quote, it was this raging, painful message calling out the cops about a crime. The title of the film came from the concept, and the concept came from that image, which stayed in my mind for years. What kind of pain would lead someone to do that? It takes a lot of guts and anger, end quote. Yeah. Yeah, he hit the nail right on the head. Yeah. So Frances McDormand stars in the movie as Mildred Hayes, whose teenage daughter was raped and murdered. And after seven months of no progress being made on her daughter's case, she takes it upon herself to seek justice by putting up three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Yeah. Um, And they read, quote, raped while dying. And then, quote, and still no arrests. And then the last one read, quote, how come, Chief Willoughby, end quote. It's very similar to the concepts of the, the billboards. Very similar this to case, the concepts. Yeah. And, and for those who haven't seen the movie, it's just like big red billboards yeah. with like just the text. So like you can't not miss them. You, you just you can't. You can't yeah. miss them. It's not like the same ad a million times. It's like, OK, right. what is this? And like you could read it while you're driving by real fast. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Wait, what? Mm hmm. Um. So, yeah, so this isn't particularly well received by the local depl- the local police department. I would um, think in- not. Yeah, including Chief Bill Willoughby, who's played by Woody Harrelson, as well as Deputy Jason Dixon, played by Sam Rockwell, or the rest of the fully pro-cop town, um, uh-huh. which is one kind of difference that I did notice between this case and the movie. From what I saw, the, the town of Vidor fully stands behind... The Fultons. Oh, okay. That's yeah. good. That's really yeah. good. In, in that they, they were like, let's bring Steve to justice. I don't know whether they're like pro or anti-police. Probably the former. But either way, they're, they're very much like, yeah, he did it. Yeah, you could be pro or for whatever type of mm-hmm. uh, uh, um, like police activity, but like get justice for 
the victim of a crime. Yes. Yes. And if it's a police cover up, then fuck you. <laughs> like, right. what is so important that you like the family and friends of this woman can't find out what actually happened to her and the person well, that did it can't actually be brought to justice? Because, again, like the family truly does believe that the police department was paid off and that the attorney general was paid off because, again, Steve comes from a very wealthy family. That's such garbage. Yeah, I know it's garbage, but it does happen. You can't say it doesn't. I know. Um, especially for, like, I hate to say it, like, white men in power. Yeah. Very easy Clearly. to just pay away a problem. Yeah. Um, but, so, yeah. Like James Fulton, Mildred does not give a single fuck and demands justice for her daughter. Yep. So... The movie has an 8.2 out of 10 on IMDb, an 89% Google score, and a 90% tomato meter rating, and an 87% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. So pretty, yeah, pretty good, like, solid across the yeah. board. Um, and the critics' consensus is, quote, Three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri deftly balances black comedy against searing drama and draws unforgettable performances from its veteran cast along the way, end quote. It is also included on the list of 1001 movies you need to see before you die, which is edited by Steven Schneider. Um, and McDormand and Rockwell both won an Academy Award, Golden Globe Award, BAFTA Award, and SAG Award for Best Lead Actress and Best Supporting Actor, respectively. Damn. I know. Also, fun fact, McDormand's Oscar was actually stolen right after she won it. I think and, I heard about that. Yeah. Yeah. And it was recovered the next day, but it was like, it was like a big thing because people were like, where the fuck did it go? And yeah, yeah someone took it. I don't remember who or what happened with it, but Oscar was stolen. Oscar was recovered. Frances McDormand now has it. Um, so McDonough also won a Golden Globe and a BAFTA award for his original screenplay and the film like I said, it was nominated for seven Oscars, but this included Best Picture. Didn't win Best Picture, but it did win the Best Picture for the Golden Globes and the BAFTAs. Mm -hmm. So overall, just fucking swept. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is, again, probably why you remember it being so prominent during awards season. Yeah. And such an interesting title, I think, is another one of the reasons why I remember it. Yeah. Is it I mean, the title describes the general concept of the movie yeah and even the general concept is like what now yeah yeah it's very it's very interesting and it's just a good it's a good idea um the film has also served as inspiration for other protests outside of the ones the fultons inspired for the film uh-huh um and that includes one in january 2019 by chinese artist wu kuang and a gay policeman and they were speaking out against conversion camps in major Chinese cities like Shanghai, Beijing, and Nanjing. And then another one was by activist, activist group Avas in response to the shooting at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School, the Parkland shooting, yeah. um, which had three vans with messages that were similar to those of the movies, um, the, the billboards in the movie, um, slaughtered in school, and still no gun control? How come, Marco Rubio? And they had those circle outside Senator Marco Rubio's home. Demanding wow. gun control. Yeah. Damn. Okay. Right? Well, I didn't know about that. And I was like, ooh, hoo, hoo. 
the the testicular fortitude. I love it. Yes. So, yeah. And James could not bring himself to watch the movie. Um, He said it would be too painful. But Kathy's sister, Sherry, told The Express that she did go see it and said, quote, I saw the movie and I've never been more proud of my dad for going up against the town and the police demanding justice. Seeing those signs in the movie, it was great, end quote. It wasn't directly, it wasn't their exact story. So I guess there is some way that you could like separate yourself from it because, but because it was so close to something that you actually went through, then I can see how it would be like really feel really personal and be like too much for you. Yeah. Well, especially because I mean, and don't get me wrong, like Sherry went through something incredibly painful in losing her sister. Yes. But I think that the, that pain is different than losing your child. Um, yeah, I think that it's more carnal and just deeper than that when you lose I mean, your child. I mean, having not have to go through either of them. Yes, that's preferable. That is the optimal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but I, I, I can understand why it might be more painful for yeah. James than for Sherry. Um, but Kathy's case was also featured on season 10, episode two of Unsolved Mysteries in 1998 Ooh, i know love it and it was also featured on this show cold justice in 2018 and this one was interesting because a new witness was featured on the episode and he reported seeing steve allegedly walking away from the ditch where kathy's car was found the night of her murder what yeah the witness said that he hadn't come forward sooner because he was with his mistress at the time all right uh yeah so okay yeah but like yeah this is a murder yeah yeah so fucking Mm -hmm. get over yourself yeah 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 um (sighs) but even still even still the da made no arrests cool great yep so according to people magazine after the movie came out investigators doubled the reward from three thousand to six thousand dollars for any information related to kathy's murder but as of the day we're recording this um november first yes yep yes um so as of today it the case remains unsolved yeah uh steve who is now working as a carpenter in houston has said that he'd quote done nothing to regret end quote, and that the billboards had, quote, ruined my entire life, end quote. So I can only imagine what the movie did to him. <laughs> yeah, oh. right. Um, Kathy's daughter, Monica, passed away of an overdose in 2011 at the age of 27. Uh, some reports indicated that it was a suicide. I'm not sure. But if that's the case, I mean, it's kind of understandable. Yeah. Um, and her daughter, Erin, who is currently estranged from steve um she continues to work with the Vitor police department and seek out the truth of what happened to her mother she said that she doesn't like she she's not sitting there going like i want to i want to bring my dad to justice or anything like that she's she just says over and over again i just want the truth yeah i just want to know what happened to my mother because again she was 11 years old yeah um dorothy passed away in 2012 kathy's mother um so she never got to see her daughter get justice and she never got to see the movie yeah um but james continues putting up his billboard messages to this day and visits 
Kathy's grave, or at least tries to daily. Uh-huh. Uh, he told the Express that he plans to continue putting up the billboards, saying, quote, the billboards are one thing I have to do. I have lost a daughter, grandkids, and great-grandkids because of this. I don't think I'll ever get justice for my daughter, but I'm not giving up. As long as I live, I'm going to keep letting people know the truth, end quote. He also told Inside Edition, quote, if they want to solve this case, I can put a sign up here thanking them for doing it, end quote. Wow. Yeah. And that All is their the story. Bluff. Do it. Right? Right. And that is the story of Kathy Page. Well, damn. <sighs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's kind of bullshit. I. There's so many of these, like, unsolved cases that, like, there's more information there, guys. Like, I mean, I'm not in the police force or anything like that. Right. Like, I'm sure there's other things that, like, the police aren't saying or, like, uh, but, like. Yeah, there's certain things they can't come out with. Yeah, but do something. Like, question more people. Like, right. try to show, like, you're making an effort. Yeah. Or, like, even, like, that guy came forward on that TV show and was like, yeah, I saw this. Didn't come forward about it. Had a... Granted, it wasn't a great reason, but had a reason that he thought was good at the time for not coming forward. Um, but like, and the DA did nothing. Yeah, like re-question people. Like, yeah. go back and like, I don't know. They say it's still an open case. I'm like, then treat it like one. Yeah. But yeah. So if you have any information about Kathy Page, um, contact the Vidor Police Department, I guess. Like, just... I mean, please. Yeah. Just try to. Maybe. It's, it's just like with a lot of these unsolved cases, like as the years go by, the chances of it getting solved are like slimmer and slimmer. Yeah. So. Which is terrible. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry, this is a bummer. Yeah, this one's... We, we went from such a high <laughs> to... <laughs> To this the unsolved cases just like it get me it gets me so angry yeah and yeah. like I, I was watching the the second is it the second part of the season or the second season of unsolved mysteries on netflix i think it's part two it's part two of season one or I, is it season I, two i think it's part two because I that's what netflix i keep getting the ad from netflix uh-huh and i think that's what it says literally i could probably open my twitter right now and it'll still be there yeah um I'm pretty sure that's what it is. But, but. I, I keep uh, I keep watching uh, the episodes and um, uh, every single time they're like talking about it, I'm like, so this gets solved, right? So this gets solved. And then I'm like, wait, this is Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah. How is this not solved? There's so much information. Yeah. Well, and that's how this is, too. And actually, if you go to unsolved.com, you can see most of the transcripts from the episode. Okay, so, cool. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know how this one didn't get solved because they've got they've got the info and then um, whatchamacallit. Um, I, I, it's like one I read it and then it's gone. It's out of my mind. Um, so cold justice. They've got cold justice. And that's also hosted by an investigative journalist, I uh -huh. believe, either an investigative journalist or a detective i don't remember but either way like she she does the thing like she's yeah. not just some like no offense but 
she's not just some host that's like, here, let's talk about this. Like, she actually has credentials. And yeah, my my dude, I just, I don't know how we missed this one. And the amount of, uh, the amount of science that changes in just like five, 10, 15 years that yes. you can go back and like retest some things. I don't know, like go back at some of the evidence and I don't know. Yeah. I mean, even they just tested Jean Benet Ramsey's underwear. What was that? Five years ago? Four years ago? I mean, Jean Benet's another one, but like yeah, that happened but- in 1996 and they're, and, literally everybody's talking about it like yeah they're in like the true crime community there's so right. many different podcasts Always. on john benet there's documentaries there's everything Memes. there's so much yeah i'm even that there's so yeah. much talk about the john benet case and then cases like these are just like no 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 we have nothing. a lot of information but we're just not gonna follow up on anything right and it's really it's i can only imagine how frustrated her family must feel because I'm frustrated. Hence the I, billboards. I just researched it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, we'll be putting up more information on the website, crimeculturepodcast.tumblr.com. That would be it. And uh, you can email us, crimeculturepod at gmail.com. Please do. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. Uh, we also have all of our social medias Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can join our Patreon. And uh, all the links are on the website. And if you can't find anything, message us on any of our platforms and we'll get back to you. Yes. And one last thing before we go. Today is November 3rd for those who are listening on the day it comes out, which I'm sure is all of you, because what other priorities could you have? Um, If you are living in the United States, I really sincerely hope that you are registered to vote. And if you are registered to vote, I hope you have submitted your ballot. If you have not, cool 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 but please go to your polling place and vote this is a super important election for reasons i feel like i don't need to say um please and it's not it's it's if you don't care much about the presidential election or if you feel like your vote will make a difference for that i mean i i can't argue with how you feel obviously but there are other important things that you can vote on there are local propositions there are local elections there are i mean even in the state of california right now we're trying to um dis or we're trying to decide whether or not parolees should be allowed the right to vote yeah and on like, uh in jersey on the back of the ballot which i fucking forgot <laughs> there's the question of uh should recreational marijuana be legal in new jersey oh so, didn't lisa forget that too yeah so, yeah i heard about that <laughs> Cause it's on the back of the goddamn ballot and i didn't look at the back of the ballot because i was so excited to just like was- i want to tell you who the president should be and then i, I just send it out i thought you were gonna say because i was so stoned and i was like oh no no you can't vote the irony stoned. the irony though that that would have been but no no i felt so bad for lisa that i sent her that two dollar duncan gift card because i was like hey buy yourself a coffee sorry you can't vote for weed so mad i hope it goes through if you're in new jersey please vote on the back of the ballot yeah, but see, um, there's important things. Like, yeah, especially local stuff. Take a look. And just do just the quickest cursory search of what your local propositions that are up for um, vote. Just yes. check every, that stuff out. 
Every Educate single yourself. proposition has a Wikipedia page, another great resource for propositions and also for local officials, for national officials, is Ballotpedia. Um, there's just, there's so much information out there. Like for fuck's sake, it, we, all we do is research for this podcast. If you don't feel like doing it, we'll research it for you. Just give us like the name and yes. I'll come back with links or Haley will come back with links. Also, I was listening to another podcast and they were talking about voting and the election and everything. I'm so sorry to all the international people yeah, uh, sorry, that you Luis. have to watch this dumpster fire <laughs> and Kim <laughs> from your own dumpster fires. But anyway, yeah. um, I was listening to another podcast that said if you don't vote in two consecutive elections, you're automatically unregistered. I don't know if this is true information, but that's terrifying to think about. So, so check to make sure you're registered. I mean, obviously, it's yeah. being the, the election day, it's too late now. Yeah. But check to see if you're registered. Also, don't go to a polling place and wait in line for three hours just to find out you're not registered. So you can check, check online. Um, you can check online, but also... There have been stories circulating that I've seen of poll workers or whatever saying people are not registered without actually looking to see if they are registered. Please stand your ground. If you see somebody who is being, I don't know, bullied and being told that they're not registered, which in, in a way that you feel is unfairly, don't just stand by. Like, please help them. Also, But it's also important to educate yourself before you actually are put in that situation. Have the receipts say, yes. yes, I am registered. I'm definitely registered. You can't yes. tell me I can't vote. So, yes, don't let them check yourself, scare you into not voting. Don't let people intimidate you into not voting. I know it's a scary time. I know that there's lots of scary people that are also running around right now trying to like run people off the roads and and walking around with guns and shit like that not from walmart though because walmart stopped carrying guns i um, think i just saw something i was literally just scrolling through trash facebook and uh <laughs> i think there was an article that just said uh they overturned the decision and they will be selling guns it was just okay. I, ju I literally scrolled by and it said over <sighs> walmart overturned decision about guns and i was like oh great so See, that sucks. But at the same time, that means Walmart also in understands the importance of voting, because if they've overturned it, that means they voted on it. So if you love Walmart, Walmart voted. I guess. See how I spin this shit? <laughs> Great. All right. So. But yeah. Please vote. We, we probably won't find out what's going on today. We might not find out what's going on next week. We don't know when we'll find out. Good Depending, news, bad news. You'll hear any me news, on the news. Really. Yeah. You'll, you'll hear about me on the news either way, probably. Yeah. We'll try to keep the political talk to a, a minimum on the podcast. We know it's not like this what isn't a political podcast. Mm. Uh, I, I but in some cases, true crime is involved. And oh, yeah. we believe women. And I think we can say that much. Oh, 100%. And I mean, anyway. if you want to DM us and chat politics, I mean, yeah, we can do that. But <laughs> there's so much political bullshit talk that goes on in my office that I, I don't want to listen to. So I try to stay away from it. Yeah. Um, as imagine much as, as much working, as is safely possible. Imagine working for a Department of Defense organization and not being able to say a goddamn word. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. So I guess that's enough on that. <laughs> that's enough. That one yeah. last point lasted for another 10 minutes. So Exactly. I was going to say, like, we've got a full new podcast starting, so yep. we may want to wrap it up. All right. So uh, we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.
Yes, we will see you next Tuesday, no matter what. Bye. Bye.